This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Today we are talking about testicles. We're going to give you some interesting science, including something about the size of testicles, and also talking about the new TikTok trend where people are saying that you can taste with your balls. Sup, bruv? Hi. How you doing? Absolutely freezing. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Why? Our home. Our home is just always so cold. I know. I love day. it cold because I'm dead inside. Greg grew up in like a freezing home and I grew up in a home family that like used white. Now when I go to my parents' house, I'm like, it is a sauna in here. <laughs> like I have to like cover the vents at night. But in our own home, sometimes I'm like, um, am I allowed to turn the heat up? And Greg's like, no, we have to save all the energy, put 10 clothes on and then put a jacket on and I put know. a hat on. And <laughs> you become your parents. I would get so mad. I'd be like, mom, dad, I'm just so cold. They'd be like, put on another coat. <laughs> and now I say that to you. I truly do. Like sometimes when we have to like have a Google hangout or a Skype with people, we'll have winter clothes on and they'll be like, is your heat not work? Like we'll have winter hats on and they'll be like, is it cold in your house? And it's like, yes. I do find myself in public. People will be like, oh my gosh, this place is freezing. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I don't feel it anymore. We like live outside in the outside weather inside our house and it's winter here. Uh, how are you? I'm, yeah, I'm really good considering seasonal affective disorder. You know what I mean? Like days are short. It's super cold out, but I'm feeling They're starting really to get longer. Good. I know. That's, that's fun. Hope, hope, hope in 2020. I wonder if people closer to the equator, even people who live in places like LA understand the joy and depression that comes from this great swinging of sunlight hours. I mean, they probably don't understand it if they've never experienced it. I do think it is... I do think it is a great joy. Because when in LA, I know it still changes. For okay, I'm, wow, I'm using, Hollywood. You're Hollywood, I, no, I mean, Hollywood. Like, I'm using it as an example because people, when we were there, mentioned, oh, it's getting dark so early. Or I've heard them do the opposite way. Oh, it's staying bright so late now. But it's like, you don't understand. Like, I think in LA, it usually it stays around 6 p.m. Like, maybe there's an hour, give or take or something, is my impression. But here, it's sometimes... 4 30 when it's dark and then it's sometimes 10 p.m in the summer when it gets i dark. love that oh, the longest too. day of the year just on the toronto island beach <laughs> nikki swimming in the lake i love that is your dream you it really really daydream about the beach and i love the beach but for some reason in the city you love it so much more than i do 
Because to me, it's like a whole journey to get down there, and then you're just like sweating and like. <laughs> oh, I well, I, I like, do like it. I like the fret, the fact that you swim in a lake, the fresh water. I find that salt, the ocean. salt water really tinges my hair in a way that makes it look thick and good. But so you don't like that? No, I do, do like that. I like the way the salt water makes my hair look, but I don't like the feeling of the salt water, and I don't like just sitting on a beach when I'm traveling. Because what if I've gone to another country? I'm like, I want to explore it. I want to learn it. But the fact that I'm in my city and can go sit by a beach. Eat an edible, swim in the lake. That to me is <laughs> your joyous. dream. Yeah. Okay. Be honest. A tangent. Should I? You mentioned your hair. It's like, is my hairline getting thinner? <laughs> okay. So, okay. So, <laughs> like, should I be thinking about that? Because my whole life, I've been like, you, you've been aware of this for like a decade, right? Like, you've yeah. thought about it. I've never really thought about it, but now I'm like, wait. Maybe I okay. am getting old. Wow. Should, okay. Do testicles have to do with aging? Well, well testosterone, drooping. testosterone <laughs> affects hair loss, doesn't it? Yeah. So it actually is. Uh, it is testosterone that makes you lose your hair. But that will be a separate separate podcast. Actually, can you write that down? Let's As do one about, about hair loss. Hair. Okay. Like aging. Okay. That's interesting. Well, you can, no, you... but I'm going to tell you, I find that my hair thins. Okay. So it like thins in, I have a bald spot and it's like from front and back. Okay. <laughs> and I don't think that aesthetically it looks amazing but like whatever i'm beautiful inside and that's all that matters <laughs> but for you i do you've shown me like photos of you before and after and your hairline has receded but okay, it doesn't drag me okay <laughs> but it doesn't thin like it looks great because it's like well you don't have your hair because hairline, i have long enough hair to cover the parts that are like but it doesn't it never it looks like you have a thick head of hair thin. that like it it's interesting thin. and that's it's true. like i mean you you're blessed and like what we're gonna age we have to embrace it but sometimes when um, i like put my hair back after a shower like slick it back i'm like wow that's a big forehead <laughs> <laughs> i've always had a huge forehead i used to be like nike could pay to advertise on the billboard that is my forehead <laughs> but we are moving to los angeles for two months so I think I'm gonna get Botox fillers, airplugs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not, but it, we'll be getting lots of vitamin D. So that's the place exciting. to do it. Um, that I think should lead us into our what did we learn this week? Because mine has to do with Hollywood. Oh, what did we learn this week? Well, what did you learn then this week, Greg? <laughs> so we are moving to Hollywood. Wow, 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 we wow okay, for two we've months. We've changed. No, no, okay. <laughs> no, no, what? No, no. Uh, we what? hate it. <laughs> Oh, oh my god, you Ernie can literally hear Ernie. Oh, Ernie. Ernie! Oh my god! Ah! No! Ernie, no! Ow! Ernie, Ernie, no, this is technology! Ernie. Ah! Ernie. Oh my god! Ernie. Oh my god, Ernie, calm, calm down. down. Oh okay, my bro. god. Ernie, we love you. Oh, we he love does you. that whenever he so like comes cute. in, he like runs upstairs. He's so like, excited. just so you know, I just went to Disneyland. Oh. I just went to Disneyland. Okay, where where were we? I'm <sighs> petting him to calm him down. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that was like really weird. Guys, I swear <laughs> to God, that wasn't like a little bit of improv we did. So uh, one of my favorite journalists is named Evan Osnos. I've talked to... Wow, you know the name of your favorite journalist. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's highbrow intellectual. <laughs> no, drive me like... Okay, I whatever. name The New Yorker is my Bible. <laughs> but I love him. And he concentrates uh, on like um, China and just discussing China, like learning about China, where we're at with China. Me and Mitch yesterday <laughs> fought about what's going to happen with China, so we're going to try not to fight. Um, but it is, I think, according to him, and I find his research and his journalism to be pretty amazing, is America versus China is sort of like the next hundred years going to be a big topic of conversation. And one of his points was that when it comes to sort of like the most powerful country and the world for example a lot of people would say that's america mm. but a really interesting thing happened which is that when hollywood decided that they 
Essentially, in order to make money off of big blockbuster movies, they know they need to get them into China. And China has a lot of strict rules around what it means. For example, in a movie, the villains can't be Chinese. In many mm. cases, that would be a big no-no for them to accept a movie in. Another, are there also limitations? Like only certain amount of movies get into China that yes. are American in the first yes. place? Yes, and they year? also, one thing that I think is important for us, specifically as queer gay men, is that they do not allow homosexuality in movies. And Hollywood decided that that's okay. They, they'll edit those things out of their movies in mm. order to get them into the country. And they actually sort of build narratives and movies around this idea of making sure that they will be popular in China, even at the expense of like minorities. And, and, and in his opinion, he thinks that is like a really important thing for us to think about that. We already are catering mm. to them culturally, which is like That's kind of interesting. Up. It's very messed up. It's very sad, especially as a gay person. It's like to understand that the Hollywood engine would be less interested in your screenplay financially because they're actually like, there's a huge market. Well, but yeah. That's I mean, I it's interesting because it's happening at a time that it does feel, maybe this isn't the case, but it feels like movies and TV shows and things have become more progressive over time. So does that mean they're going to revert now? Or well, is it exactly. Gonna be, is like, it going to be segments? So the big studios will have their films that they're like, okay, these don't have any touchy political issues, so they'll be able to make it in China. And then these are the movies that the North American audience or the Western audience will. I mean, maybe they will. They probably are already doing that, but it's still something that That's is important to be aware of. And <laughs> Okay, your turn. <laughs> okay, wow. Okay, mine is very different tone. Um, That's good, because this is called testicle. Mine's People are probably like, sugar. <laughs> uh, so they did a study in the UK and the amount of sugar sold in soft drinks dropped by 29% between 2015 and 2018. Wait, what do you mean sold in soft drinks? Like, so the amount <clears throat> of sugar that people are consuming and that is in a soft drink is actually less now. So are they putting less sugar in it or people are just buying less? Putting So in spite of the fact that these companies selling soft drinks had 7% higher sales, sugar consumption went down by 29%. So I was like, that's amazing. Yeah, all these companies are putting less sugar in their drinks. Um, And the research showed that these soft drink companies are having a huge impact on sugar consumption in the UK. And I was like, that is so cool. Like, what a great thing. Then I realized and looked further into it that in the UK, the government passed a law that said, if you have more sugar than this in your drinks, there's a tax on that. Wow. So it was regulation. Because government regulation. And, and not all the companies. So Coca-Cola and Pepsi, I believe, they're like main drinks. They decided not to change because it was like, it's their signature drink. I'm sure they didn't want to oh, change it. Over I, I read people in the UK saying they tried to make some like type of Coca-Cola there that was similar to the Coke Zero here. It had a different name and apparently it was like so disgusting. So I think it didn't really work. Um, but yeah, I thought it was an interesting thing to think about. Just... At first, I was like, oh, these companies, that's amazing. But then you realize, no, there needs to be some regulatory body. You see how sort of financial regulation or fiscal measures are. It reminds me of, oh, here's Ernie oh. like squeaking his toy. <laughs> um, it reminds me of uh, even climate activism and regulation on companies and how you realize financial or fiscal measures are useful tools to impose rules on companies that actually have really positive effects on population. Exactly. Cause you need those regulations or like, what else are you going to do? Just sit there, cross your fingers and hope that these capitalist machines are going to give up profit for the state of humanity. Like, you know what I mean? Even saying that out loud, I'm like, it's not a joke. I know. You just kind of hope. You hope in some way it lines up where capitalism lines up with the goodness. And that maybe sometimes it can, like if we're looking at, 
uh, renewable like, energy. Like there's a possibility that it's a huge market that a lot of people will make money from it, and that could be a good thing. But on the overall, those companies are still chasing profits. At the end of the day, if it became unprofitable, they maybe wouldn't do it. So it makes you realize the importance of regulation. Yeah, it is interesting though to think about Tesla is now valued at a hundred billion dollars, and it's only it's only second to Toyota as car companies now. And that's it's, like, it's, it's pretty incredible. So it's like yeah. it, it is interesting. I mean, obviously, an electric car doesn't mean it's fully green. You still have to get electricity from somewhere, and right? That but that's a, cool. an amazing huge step. <laughs> yeah, or it's that. like you know that is when capitalism sort of like people are wanting to be green. These companies need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I think they need There's to be regulated to get like going to get kicked in the butt a bit. But it it it's not like it's gonna always result in less money being made study time study time study time, study time. <laughs> jumping from china to sugar to <laughs> testicles here we are oh yeah. i love them i love them i mean they're absolutely disgusting they're looking. just yeah they're just in the way there's nothing really to love about them they're such a funny like evolutionary like it's just so funny that like we've evolved I, you know like fingers and feet everything just seems so normal and it's just like there's like a ball sack. It's yeah, so and it's weird. just like go on the inside. So many other animals just have them on the inside. I know. It's like why do they need to be out? I mean, I guess Ernie has them on that. Like, like people still have yeah. them on that. But but humans, people man, saw. they can they can droop. Let me tell you that mine are drooping. Yeah, when Ernie was <laughs> neutered, he came back and he just had an empty sack that was really saggy for a long time. I think eventually it sort of shriveled up. I'm kind of embarrassed. That I just had my balls were saggy and you just kept talking about something else. And I was like, what? <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I think because I was like, I'm not. We're not going there on this podcast. I'm like, why did you even bother saying that? Well, why don't you why don't you talk about what happened how they are. no you oh. used that in, to your advantage to test something recently <laughs> so there was this really <laughs> this is what prompted this episode weird viral trend that started going around tiktok if you don't and know what still that is. is i see it pop up yeah. every now and then people still doing it so it was essentially people saying that you could taste with your testicles and the thing that i found most interesting about it was that i thought everyone was gonna laugh and go oh my god i can't believe that my balls i can but it's just soy sauce mm-hmm. but really what they would do is be like i can taste it <laughs> every reaction was you know like a 16 year old like boy because it's tiktok dude uh in a patagonia like button up talking about how he could taste with his balls or their balls like <laughs> it was like it was just like immediately i was like okay this according to my understanding of physiology cannot be true but so many people were saying that it was that i was like it can't just i just are they feel all in on that it? so many tiktoks are like that where people are just doing things that seem extreme and giving reactions that aren't always real so that it will get popular because if they were just like no this is stupid it just would yeah why would, would anyone die, watch that right? that's so true and so yeah so many tiktoks that you can just tell people just like, want to be famous they're not actors i can tell that you've planned this right. little like moment um, so I found a study that, <laughs> so even though, <laughs> oh wait, should I talk about how he did it? Yeah. So even though he was sure that that couldn't be possible, Greg so, was like, <laughs> it was like midnight. He's like, I'm going to make a video and I'm going to do something right now. You want to do be part of it? And then I told me and I was like, I'm fine. You can do that on your own. Well, you did help me film it because I, if I knew my hands were doing something else, holding the bowl of soy sauce up to my balls. <laughs> Um, so immediately I was like, you cannot taste with your balls, but I want to, <laughs> <laughs> let's just make that clear, <laughs> but I want to talk about this scientific study that this came from. Uh-huh. There's a lot of interesting science behind why this happened. It, uh-huh. It's not 
completely brought out of thin air. Right. Someone didn't are... just make it up. It came from something. That's what I think gave it legs is that it was kind of based in people were going, look, there's this study right here. It was a says... daily mail article. Isn't that right. annoying? <laughs> but actually I think it's based off of a few other things. Cause I recently, when I was doing research for this episode, came across some studies sharing it from like five years ago. Yeah. It was 2016. I think uh, yeah. was when it was a very popular. And the one I came wasn't a daily mail, but maybe they were all being based off of that. But it, it was anyway, I'll let you kind of talk about that. Oh, what do you mean? Like this, the fact that it, or it you was can, popular you five can, years ago? No, no, no. You can keep talking about like the study and the research. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's called oral and extra oral perception. It's a really, I love reading the study. Extra oral. Extra oral. <laughs> oh, Sounds like a kind of gum. Can I get some extra oral? Oh yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, so essentially, like I really enjoyed this study. I don't know how to explain it. Like it was just broken down really well, very scientific, but I learned so much. And so it's a legitimate study. It's a legitimate study. At. So, okay. You have taste buds in your mouth, on your tongue. Mm-hmm. Okay. So taste buds, they're made up of taste receptor cells. They all conglomerate together to make one taste bud. There's usually like 50 to a hundred of these cells come together. And, and it, when you look under a microscope, they kind of look like onions. That's a little oh, cool. taste bud. You got them all over your tongue and there's different types. There's type one, type two, type three, and type four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, so type two taste buds are the ones that uh, taste sweet, bitter, and umami. Uh, type three taste buds are the one that t- that tastes sour. Okay. You're looking at me in this weird way. That, oh, what what was, are you thinking? Oh, sorry. I, you know when you just like think of something and then you're like, I should have said it. Say it, say it, say ago. it. Oh, I was just like, it's funny to think of the people who name things in science. Like sometimes they're like one, two, three, and four. And then there's the people who are like, mm, that's going to be called a Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's like the different kind of people who name stuff. Like so whoever did this was like, I'm not naming the taste bud after me. I'm just going to call it one, two, three, and four. That is so funny to think about like your PhD researchers and be like, can we call it the brown bed? And they're all like, hey, you're so full of yourself. <laughs> and you're like, that's actually going to make it so confusing. It's not brown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because my name's Craig Brown. <laughs> in case that. everyone didn't know. <laughs> Sorry um, to interrupt. So type two uh, taste buds have been really heavily studied. And um, the sweet taste, for example, it's really important that we evolve this trait because usually sweet relating to sugar earlier and from an evolutionary perspective would have meant that something had a really high caloric intake. So it's literally an evolutionary trait that these cells have worked with your brain to be like, mm, yum, 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 yum. That's so good. Eat more of that. Cause you need calories to mm-hmm. survive. Obviously we've reached the point where we're just sitting watching Netflix and just like shoving chocolate amounts. in our face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bitter taste, which is also considered a type two, uh, taste bud. Yeah. Um, is also really important. The worst it, one. Yeah, exactly. But perhaps the most important. Well, it's, it's it signals that things are toxic, mm-hmm. which is like so. I just find this so fascinating that mm-hmm. our, that we have evolved. These tongues have evolved to be like that's not good. This is good. Mm-hmm. And uh, sour tastes, which is type three, so it's a different type of taste bud. That is specifically designed for you to understand if food has gone rotten, and so to not eat it, as opposed to right. the bitter, okay. which is more like that food is toxic. Yeah. The sour is actually that food has gone God bad. Okay. Which I just like, ugh, I don't know. I find it so interesting. Yeah. I, I, just to like remind people, we're talking about testicles eventually. Yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. I feel like we've gone on a oh, couple of little tangents sorry. here. No, no, yeah. not at all. I just, yeah. like, I've distracted from this and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is leading towards testicles. Okay. Because these are taste buds in your mouth and they have taste receptor cells and they have essentially what are called taste-related molecules. So what happens is when a food, a chemical, essentially that is what food is. It's called chemical. You get chemical <laughs> energy by eating food, which is a weird term. But uh, when that hits your tongue, 
um, there's essentially a cascade of like proteins and like calcium influx, which eventually leads to a neuron, which tells your brain, this is what it tastes like. Mm -hmm. So those cascades and those molecules involved in those biological cascades are called taste related molecules. Uh And you have those in your testicles. Really? Yes. You have them in your stomach. You have them in your nose. You have them in your respiratory tract. You have them in your pancreas. Why? Okay. So it's, Oh, I don't know. I love this. (laughs) I loved, I love this article so much. So it's like, because it's actually necessary for chemo reception and for your body to be able to understand similarly to your tongue, what type of molecules entering it in order to do some sort of like biological path. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Way to either digest or something like that. So it's all part of a chain reaction to help your body do the right thing. Yeah. So G proteins, I don't know if you remember those from cell class. Yeah. Yeah, So like that is something like essentially something binds to the membrane of something. A G protein binds to another protein, which binds to another protein, which then tells a calcium influx to happen, which is a signal for your body to make a neuron. Like that's that's how cell biology works. And so those uh, molecules are involved. So for example, in your stomach, it is a way of helping you to understand what types of nutrients are now in your intestine. Do we let them in or not? In your, but you um, don't technically taste anything. It's just the the reaction exactly. that's happening. Exactly, okay. they're not taste buds. This is why you can't uh, taste with, especially okay, the skin this of is your where balls. It's, going. it's that there is, is taste related molecules that this study is saying. It's so interesting that mm. these molecules that are only involved. With tasting otherwise. Like with, like with, with typically tasting, tasting yeah. typically tasting, and we've defined them as tasting related molecules are in your testicles. They're on your sperm. That's so fascinating. Why? And then it gets extrapolated by Daily Mail slash mm-hmm. TikTokers to say your balls can taste, which is not true. Huh. So the te- the taste related molecules though on your sperm, they think is a way for it to use chemoreception and to understand using a similar mechanism where the egg is. So it's actually a way for the sperm to go in the right direction it's to like get a to sense. the egg. Exactly. It's like a sense, which is what which your taste, taste is. is. Yeah. Okay. okay. And it's just so cool because it's all these things happening in your body that you are so unaware of but are so important like the fact that your intestines are just constantly working to figure out what to ingest and what not to like Mm -hmm. without even thinking you've just the most amazing biological machinery to keep you alive and it's just i mean i'm obviously in a better mood than i was in the fall of last year where i was like we're all gonna die but i'm just like our bodies are so cool and i'm really learning to like appreciate them and just be like we're so 
blessed to be alive and to have this weird concoction of homeostasis working in order for me to be conscious and read and learn. And like, mm. this is all coming from my balls. Like I'm so proud of my balls. <laughs> it reminds me, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent based off of what you just said of how there's so much happening in our bodies. That's actually so amazing that we're not a, totally aware of. Um, Alan Watts, like the philosopher that I've, I've told you about and listened to, he's like a popular person. Um, he kind of talks a little bit about that, how we often identify I separate from our bodies in a lot of ways. So like I breathe, but my, like my heart beats, like it's separate from me. Like I don't choose a lot of the things. Breathing is a weird one because you can consciously breathe, but there's a lot of activities in your body that you see as separate from yourself. Oh yeah. You, like you can't consciously beat your heart. Yeah. You can't consciously control Breathing's your liver. Breathing probably one of the only ones. It is. Yeah. That's why it's often used as meditation because it's the only thing that is both unconscious and conscious and it like connects wow. you to your body. Isn't that kind of cool? I... Do not know what meditation is. Like, I, I don't, I can't say that I've, oh my, er, he, just, he just literally he just pulled it. Aww. He wants love, but it is so annoying. <laughs> we are um, working, so if you could leave, Ernie. <laughs> uh, so I've, like, read about meditation, and I've made it, like, a goal to do it as much as I can. But all I do, and I, it's part of yoga, and it's what I now do, is I sit and I think about bringing oxygen into my lungs it transferring through my alveoli and the thin layer into my mm. blood and then this the carbon dioxide leaving my blood going into my lungs and pushing it out mm. and i just try and focus on that biological that mechanism and it is motion. so relaxing yeah, it is cool. so spiritual it's so like okay this is now this is me this is my body and i'm like I just kind of made it up because I didn't know, but it's so interesting to think, well, actually, according to him, that's the only biological process you really can focus on. One of them. Yeah. What, what I, are other ones? I, I, I don't know. Talking? I mean, obviously you can like your, your physicalness, you can move your arms, you can blink, you yeah. can do those move things, your but jaw. There's a lot of parts of you that you see almost as separate. Like your they don't, intestines. They are not or... you. They are this thing that's working yeah. for you. Yeah. But anyway, all that was to say his analogy is, you know, we are actually so ignorant to so many things we think we understand who we are but we don't understand the half the quarter the percentage of what's happening in our body and how we are actually our body and how there's more bacteria in us than there are like human literally cells. but i guess that's actually different from us but, although that ties into what he says where it's kind of a nice idea that we are all connected in this way because we even think we're not fully connected with our bodies that the consciousness is separate from the body when we in reality as scientists we've learned that the body's doing all these things and it's all connected and your heartbeat is is still you even if you see yourself as separate it's from it. also amazing to think about how your heart beats your stomach mm. what is the <laughs> act of your esophagus pushing the food through it it was called oh my god like mastication is chewing yeah um it sounds something like that it's the actual act of pushing like the bolus of food goes through your intestine Called okay it. i need to think about it but essentially it's crazy to think about how consciousness comes from your brain which is literally stagnant it doesn't move mm-hmm. like if someone was and just so to look at humans moving. like an alien yeah. they'd be like whoa look at this beating heart look at this yeah. moving stomach look at these muscles Bull. i mean though electro like uh, your brain is firing all the time it might not be physically moving but you're but, right but, that's what, but i'm just like, the, like constantly it's constant and it's like the thing that creates consciousness this like freaking epic organ is just sits there <sighs> like if you looked at it you'd be like it's not doing anything <laughs> it's cuckoo it's crazy okay um, go into your study or yes. i'm gonna just absolutely so, i'm wow <laughs> my study is related to testicles 
Uh, and basically it's about balls. It's about the size of balls. And so <laughs> a research study was done on primates, including humans. So variety of monkeys and apes. Oh, did you figure out the word? Peristalsis. Oh, um, it's hard to remember everything. Okay. With okay. the internet, especially. So, okay. Primates are being studied. What they figured out and what the correlation they saw was that the showiest males in every species have the smallest testicles. So the ones that are the flashiest looking, the ones that have the brightest the colors. Ultimately, it was, you either look amazing or you have big balls. It's because they're on steroids. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, that's actually funny. Yeah, like the most jacked human males also have probably the smallest balls. Right, I me, mean, that's actually funny. <laughs> uh, you're, you actually made a funny joke. No, I just was realizing that is correlated. No, I know. It's like, like imagine if they're just men. shooting up steroids, natural steroids. Um, but yeah, I was looking at things like in, in primates, man and beards and colorful skin you know like the, the monkeys that have like red butts are those, those related ones? to sexual I don't know I just so- smacked yeah, my hands as I was spanking a butt slap that <laughs> smack that all on the flow uh, but- are those all traits in those primates related to sexual selection like it's- yeah but so are balls so what they realized was huh. interesting is it's kind of either or but it tends to relate to males who don't have a lot of competition so or males that only end up in, like, aren't having uh, as much sex with lots of females. And so as a result, there's not as much competition, will tend to have really good looks. Or in like real- a hot, a hot monkey, like a hot monkey, or you know, there's certain <laughs> groups of monkeys where there's just like the monkey at the top that doesn't have to worry about competing for sex. It will end up being beautiful because it it has already asserted its dominance. It doesn't need big balls, and big okay. balls, <laughs> big balls are a sign of um, sperm production. So if you have bigger balls, you more likely have like a higher chance of fertilizing a female. So in really competitive environments, that's sometimes more important for a male to show that it doesn't just look good it actually is gonna have the highest chance of reproduction so wait so big balls are essentially a way of showing that you are fertile that you have a high level of sperm production but then why would all all of these very showy sort of like more uh sexy studly deemed attractive (laughs) primates have smaller balls uh it depends i think on the social dynamics of those groups so they don't need when you have small balls like your resources go into one thing right and i don't I don't think my understanding, it's not like it changes. It's not like your balls get smaller as you get more flashy. But in the societies where flashiness is deemed appropriate, you don't need, there's less competition. So you actually don't have to have the most productive or highest (laughs) amount of sperm compared to other species where the, the males are really competitive for sex. And so the females will choose or the males will inseminate lots of females so having high production of sperm is actually the most beneficial trait wow oh my gosh that's that's interesting mm-hmm. remember when like everyone would be like did your balls drop <laughs> yeah there's so many things as a young boy that you just i like pretended to understand and i was like okay like one day are they just gonna like drop like i literally I... thought they were gonna fall down <laughs> yeah and i was like are mine i don't know oh my god your voice just kind of cracked did your balls drop <laughs> oh my god i'm going through puberty i remember thinking that circumcision was like getting your tubes tied isn't that wait is that a female thing you know when men can like get um a vasectomy i thought that (laughs) and 
I thought Wait so when your friends If someone said they were circumcised You'd be like wow They they obviously don't want to have kids They decided at the right age of 11 No I think it was when we were young enough That I just heard that word Like no one had really said I'm circumcised I thought like we were talking about adults Like I just remember having weird terminology And not knowing I thought at a certain age Like I thought there was a bone in the penis To get a boner And that it could come out When you didn't want to have it anymore Oh my god Catholic Catholic education (laughs) Honey it wasn't good (laughs) We literally I think I've talked about this on the podcast before But we didn't really have sex in a very significant way at And there all. you are thinking that you're going you have a little girl bone in your dang. <laughs> yeah, I thought it just like pushed through like like somewhere. cartilage. Oh yeah. wow, ew. I mean, it is called a boner that is confusing. Yeah. As a science teacher, I'm going to be like me. no more boners, guys. We have to actually call them what they are. Also, one this is a bit of a thing, but one thing I really messed up once when I was young about like terminology was that I and even to this day think that like Britain and the Queen is just so like opulent and I think that like, you know, Prince Charles is talking with Greta being like climate change is the biggest issue of our times like okay sell Buckingham Palace like like you know like live smaller I'm sure you took a private jet to Davos like I've kind of always been like that which yeah. is considered an anti-monarchist is like what okay. you would say and I, I decided that's what I was when oh I was like 10 or 11 and I was at a dinner party and I was like well actually I am anti-Semitic and that's <gasps> what I said and everyone was like what and I was like I don't <laughs> no. think that the Queen should exist and I think they should give up their power and they were like okay thank god like they were like okay First yeah, of all, that's not what that is. <laughs> so many things as a kid. That was bad. That's a bad. I was like, what? I was probably reading Anne Frank and like learning about the Holocaust and just like mixed it up and oh, like, oh no. so bad. Okay. Also, we need to talk about blue balls because we have an amazing video about that. True. Okay. Wait. Why don't we take a little break and then we'll come back. We'll talk lots more about testicles and blue balls. <laughs> blue balls. What are they? Are they real? Is it have you ever experienced it? Okay, so blue, I, okay. blue balls? <laughs> what are blue balls? It's when you get turned on but you don't have an orgasm. <laughs> I think yeah, it's like extended blood being rushed. So when you're turned on, like if you have an erection or as a female if blood surges to your vagina. If blood di- if the blood vessels in your penis dilate or in your vulva dilate. Well, also what happens is your blood goes into your balls as well and they grow, right? Yeah, uh, when you're turned on. Uh, yeah, when you are turned on, absolutely aroused <laughs> by hopefully not a really good-looking ape. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> That's what you were talking about earlier. It was hot ape. Oh. So it wasn't me you brought it up. <laughs> that mane is just <laughs> we also, Simba, Simba, Simba. Simba, Simba, Simba. We also have a video about Beast Alley, but we'll leave that for another day. Um, but uh, yeah, your balls can grow to twice the size when you're turned on, which is That's so crazy. interesting. Do you I feel know. like anecdotally you have noticed ne- that? I've never like, to be honest, I've never looked at my balls, but I literally want to go figure this out. looked at oh, your balls? Honey, I look at my balls all the time. You just mean like while you're aroused. Sorry, when I'm aroused, I'm not looking at my balls, but I'm realizing now that I need to do that. And just like dipping and my balls in soy sauce, like, I'm going to do that. Feel them and be like, are they twice as big? That I just feel like that's my, not my anecdote. Okay, I'm experience. getting turned on right now. Should we check? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so obviously then the blood circulates. And why is it called? Why do they say it's blue then? Okay, so there's a huge misconception. Misconcep- there's, there's a huge misconception. Uh, misconception that really, honestly, I'm like, where do these things 
come from. But the thought that your blood is actually blue, but only once it hits hits oxygen, for example, when you mm. bleed, it turns red. So that's not right. true. Or people will say deoxygenated blood is blue, right? Yes, like yes, certain yes, yes. blood in your body. Um, and so none of those uh, statements are true, which I think is interesting. It's like, we should just make a video about that. Yeah. Um, but what it is, is that your skin causes the light to reflect in a certain way. That's why you see your blood as blue. It has to do with the skin above it. It doesn't have to do and with the, the absorption actual... rates of colors, certain exactly. colors and stuff and what's being reflected back. Right? Exactly. So when you're balls testicle i'm like i guess we should say balls at this point at you've said balls point, enough we're like when you're testes how late into this podcast we're like wait maybe we shouldn't say balls <laughs> when the testes grow to twice their size due to being filled with blood um they can appear blue through the skin of your balls mm. oh my god like i'm having weird moments where i'm like this is just what we're talking about <laughs> um through the skin of your balls so that's where blue balls actually comes from but right. it is um, often, so it is actually a thing that And often happen. accompanied by discomfort right? Exactly. It's when you haven't had the release And it's swollen And and as, women get blue vulva as yes. well Yes, like, that is a thing I don't think gets talked about enough yeah, so, And I am here to start that conversation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So women when they are aroused Blood rushes to their vulva And it's considered blue vulva In the sense that they, it will actually be filled With a lot more blood It's like we both have similar physiological res- responses To being turned on mm-hmm. And there's also a stereotype that it's like, oh, man, you got to come. Okay, wow. (laughs) But in order to get rid of blue balls and blue vulva, you can obviously masturbate or have sex or something like that. But you can also just stop the stimulus of arousal, go back to your normal life, and And it's not going to affect you the way that people are like, oh, man, I can't concentrate on anything. (laughs) In our video, I think we say something about like putting an ice pack on your balls, and I'm like, where did we read that? Because I remember that study. It was like, if you're in pain like you can put yeah. ice to like just like to decrease like it. inflammation blah, yeah. blah blah like because it is but like i feel like ice on the balls would not be that comfortable on your either. crotch with pantaloons <laughs> with pantaloons wow um, like, that's a really like watching like or just thinking about those ideas like thinking about asap science ideas i'm like we really have been scared by the youtube algorithm i'm like well we it actually has a big impact it does, it does. Yeah, I know. people now talk more and more about how it will just be harder and harder to make certain kinds of un- like you you more now than ever need to have family friendly content if you want to make a living on youtube because otherwise not only will it maybe not get fully monetized or completely demonetized the algorithm may not share it and that's obviously stressful like we want to make content that like can talk about sexual education yeah even your video about testicles dipping got demonetized just because it said the word testicles i mean i can understand to some capacity that some advertisers may not want like their ads associated with that but it is just the state of where things are youtube is very afraid right now i think yeah that's why we can just talk left right and center on our podcast about balls testes testicles blue vulvas (laughs) whatever we want whatever we freaking want uh have you ever had blue balls is that weird okay like wait i mean like of course right like if you got turned on like every time i go on chris hemsworth's instagram but you get like i i feel that maybe it's only happened to me once where i felt sort of in pain from it but what okay no then i've never had blue i've never felt I mean. in pain sorry because there's a lot of like stereotypes or caricatures in movies of guys being like oh like you give me blue balls that's that, so that to much. me is like creepy it's like no like but i think maybe there's something to that i'm sure it's over dramatized in movies yeah. but obviously it's not coming out of nowhere Okay, whoa, wow. I did not think we'd have a debate section, but <laughs> I do think it's coming out of nowhere. I think it's, it's coming out of toxic like, masculinity. Toxic masculinity being like, I am like, I demand sex and sexuality when I want it. That's the way boys are taught about sex as something that you achieve, something that you grab, something that you get. Right. Whereas 
queer men we don't get taught anything so that's kind of sad in its own way and i and women get talk that taught that it's something no i don't want they, they have to feel shame mm. about it actually so do gay men and women have to feel shame about sex men don't have to feel shame they're like there's a bravado there's a taking to it and i think but it, it for may, sure have to do with that. sure i i don't disagree all i mean is i'm sure there are men who have like what been turned on in a situation where they aren't expecting sex and then have experienced blue balls and been in discomfort but then it's like okay and if you do have painful blue balls yeah go jerk off in a bathroom stall you know what i mean like that's i guess like we now know how you relieve it or relieve the stimulus right (laughs) okay Uh, well i mean is there anything else about testicles no, I. I mean, I don't There's mean to so say many no. Funny but I'm things. Like, if no, that's all. That, that's all the attention they deserve. They've gotten enough. My fight or flight is going off right now. I need to calm down, breathe, bring it down. But You've I got do blue think, brain, honey. Blue brain, yeah. bring it down. Cool off. Remove the stimuli. I do think that that is a great podcast episode. Been very educational. Yeah, hopefully. We've, um, gotten into some new territory to make some new videos about it, and who knows? Maybe there's a testicle 2.0. Oh, episode coming soon. <laughs> yeah, let us know if you just can't wait for that. <laughs> and we'll be sure to jump on it immediately. Uh, All right. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Hashtag side note podcast if you want to share your thoughts with us. Slash, we were just talking about bringing about Comment Corner because it's fun. Maybe we'll have inserted some in this episode. I don't know. I just like when you guys send in uh, questions or we comments. We read them. All yeah, the time. whether it's as a review, those are awesome as well on iTunes or any platform you're using. That's the best. We appreciate it so much. And next week, we're putting out a video with Simone Gertz. A podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. But <laughs> not a video. But you're <laughs> the ones who care about Sorry. the podcast. So. Next week, our podcast interview is Simone Gertz yeah. sitting here. So it's our great. first true, true interview, right? Yeah. In I that know. fashion. I th- hopefully, you know, you'll take it easy on us. It was our first one, but it was exciting. I think I'd love to interview more just like smart, cool people. And yeah. it's like when we asked her last name it's actually gifts oh yeah and i was like i can't say that (laughs) okay bye all right see you next week bye hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.